welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-host, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today marks the first episode of season three on the regular side of the podcast. So today we'll be covering the episode of Michelle Parker to start us off. This is a pretty eerie one. I'll explain as we go through this episode. Michelle disappeared on November 17th, 2011. At the time, she was only 33 years old, and she was reported to have dropped her three-year-old twins off to their father, Dale Smith Jr., at his home. Now, before we get into her disappearance, we want to discuss a couple of things so that you guys can understand what's going on in her home life. She was split from Dale Smith, and from what we know, he was not happy about the split, and he not only tried to continuously make her come back to him in a controlling manner, but even got to a point where he took her on a television show on People's Court. This guy was known to be extremely vain and conceited and very much into himself, but he insisted that they go to People's Court. She did not want to do this, obviously. In fact, she was so humiliated by this, she didn't even tell her family or friends because she didn't want anyone to know. On the other hand, the reason that they ended up going to People's Court was because he had given her an engagement ring, and because she was angry with him, she threw it off the balcony. I am personally going to suggest as well in that moment, not only were they arguing, but he was basically telling her that because she wore that ring and she was his, you know, fiance, that basically she had to do what he told her to do. And if you want to be with me, you got to keep that ring on, you know, and and I feel like she was really frustrated at this point. And uh, I think that's why she ended up throwing it. From the sounds of it, Michelle was very, a very independent woman. Not only did she have her own business, but she also worked at a bar. Her business was a mobile tanning business and the name of the business was called Glow. She put everything into this and she worked very hard doing so. Absolutely. She was a mom of three. She not only needed to make sure she had enough money to support herself and her children, but she also wanted to make a name for herself. Now, the day she went missing, her mother and her sister remember that they saw her as she was leaving the family salon for the day and heading to work at the bar in Stanford. Now, the last thing they heard was that she was going to be picking up her babies and taking them to their father, and then she was going to take a nap because she was tired and she had to work in the evening. Yvonne, her mother, had seen her leaving the family business, and Michelle put her hand on the door, and her mother yelled out to her, What am I, chop liver? She turned around and said, You know I love you, and that was the last conversation they ever had. I can tell you guys this. Michelle is dying to talk. She has so much to say, and I can't wait to share it all with you. She had her oldest child, which was a child she had in a previous relationship. When they had gotten home from school, they noticed that their mom wasn't around, and that was very unlike her. She was always very present in their life, so the oldest son started to panic, and he called the grandmother to make sure that his mom was all right. Obviously, the family did not want to jump to conclusions. They made suggestions that perhaps she was running a little late and not to worry that she'll be home soon. Now, unfortunately, nobody was able to get a hold of her. Her family called her over and over again and was not able to get her on the phone. Everybody started to get worried. Then the brother texted asking her where she was. He then received one single text back. The text stated, Waterford which wouldn't make any sense because she wouldn't be even going to Waterford at all. At this point, they set up an entire search party for her. They also announced that they believe that Dale Smith Jr. was the prime suspect number one. They were also able to do a search of his property 
a search of his family's property, but they were not able to find anything. We also want to mention that Michelle and Dale's relationship was very violent. And from what people have heard, they didn't know much about it. But it looked like it happened pretty quickly and things escalated in their relationship, which ended quickly as well. And they did have a couple children together, but he was a drunk and he became even more violent when he drank. Yes, let's talk about this people court situation as well. I can say that with people's court, she did try to tell the judge that he was pretty violent. And then the judge ended up making them both pay for half the ring. So she only had to pay him $2,500. The day that the episode was going to air on TV is the exact same day she went missing. Now, there's no such thing as coincidence in a true crime case. Dale went as far as taking the day off work when the episode was airing because he wanted to watch it live. He even recorded the episode. As I said before, Michelle was not happy about this at all. She told them... She told the show that he was mean and hot-tempered and everything just got worse when he would drink. She stated that he had put his hands on her three to four times and left her all the time, including the kids. She had also requested a restraining order in 2009, but the judge denied the request, which is crazy to me. An order of protection is nothing. It doesn't even help anyone, honestly, but it at least holds that person accountable in some way for breaking a restraining order. Even if it was a bogus restraining order, people should be entitled to receive protection if they feel like they are in danger. That's definitely something that needs to change, and I've always said that with these restraining orders. Especially considering Dale had also had a criminal past. He killed someone with a friend of his for no reason. They beat him up and he died. This alone should be enough for a restraining order. Should be enough for him to be in jail. The man that they killed wasn't even doing anything wrong. They just simply attacked him. So definitely think he should go to jail. Him and his friends got angry enough to just kill somebody and just carry on within their lives without even feeling any sort of remorse or sympathy. I even seen that due to his domestic violence past. He was honorably discharged also from the Marines. And all signs point right towards Dale. He also had been married previously, and the wife died of a drug overdose. Hmm, coincidence. I think not. It seems as though anybody that gets too close to him just dies or disappears or worse. It's pretty drastic. Now, going back to the night of her disappearance, when she did not show up for her bartending job that evening is when everyone got extremely concerned. Obviously, people have to be missing for 24 hours before they can consider them a missing person and doing a major investigation, which is also something I feel like should change. It should depend on the circumstance more than the time frame of somebody missing. I absolutely agree with that. If you know, like it's a single mother or a mother or whatever who would never do this and it's so out of character, I don't think 24 hours should be, you know, a thing or even like for certain kids, 24 hours, a kid can get very far in 24 hours. Absolutely. So there definitely should be something in place for that. Now, the family also does not believe that she was the one who sent that text message. Her sister tried to get in touch with her many times as well. The family also believe that's not the way she texts. Unfortunately, they did end up doing an investigation in Dale's condo and his parents' house, and they were not able to find incriminating information for either one of him or his family members. Shocking. He's from the Marines. But they did not stop his family or the police from suspecting it to be him. They also had another male, her new boyfriend, Nate. She was texting him about five minutes before she'd stopped communicating altogether, which was when she dropped off the kids. 
Now, they were able to clear Nate from being a suspect. He was extremely helpful. He did everything that he could to assist in this and giving as much information as he had. She had a vehicle that was a very hard vehicle to miss. She drove a Hummer. And on the back of the Hummer, she had a huge decal. And it represented her business. And it was the word glow. Now... A short while later, they found this particular Hummer on a street cam, and the decal was ripped off of it. If that doesn't scream, she knew this person, I don't know what does. Now, Dale posted a Facebook status one hour before her vehicle was found, something to the effects of, my kids need their mother, where is she? Now, Dale's story did not collaborate with what the police had in their investigation. Dale says that Michelle dropped off the kids at 4 p.m. and then he took the kids over to his parents' house at 4.30 and then picked them up later. According to the surveillance footage, they were able to get a timestamp of 3.20, 40 minutes earlier than he had stated. It's a pretty big time gap, 40 minutes. Absolutely is. Also, when they had the search warrant, they had an entire SWAT team show up. They took this situation extremely seriously. Now, since they had the last text message sent they decided to ping her phone and see if they could figure out where she left or at least where her phone ended up it looks as though they were able to find it at a bridge fairly close to dale's route to his parents house they found the phone at the bottom of the water and later on they were able to find her car approximately 25 minutes away from where her phone was and of course the phone was found only five minutes away from dale's house Dale refuses to take a polygraph test when he was brought in for questioning, and he has shown no interest in helping the investigation. They were so concerned about the kids' well-being, Protective Services took the children and brought them to Yvonne's home, the mother of Michelle Parker. Now, to this day, he did not allow his children to see their grandparents. He was able to win full custody, somehow, also, Yvonne was able to help set up a law where grandparents have rights to see the grandkids. And when she went to file her own lawsuit, she was not able to see the kids and it was denied. What a sick individual. Since there was no evidence enough to convict Dale, Michelle's family got extremely angry and they decided to take matters into their own hands. Michelle's family decided to take a civil lawsuit against him because they felt like she was dead and nobody believed that a judge would just take this case on seriously enough. And uh, they actually did. Since they didn't have any body found, the judge did end up taking it on, though. Now, there is not a lot of detail as to what took place after the fact, but we can tell you that there were approximately 500 questions that Dale had to answer, and he decided to plead the fifth to over 100 questions when he was told the next time he came back, he needed to answer those exact hundred questions and that he could no longer use the Fifth Amendment right. This is as much as we got on the information on the civil lawsuit because it ended up going pretty cold. So if you guys have any other information, give us an update. I'd totally appreciate it. I also just want to point out that her family had no idea about all the violence that took place. Her family had no idea that she tried to get a restraining order on him in the past, and they also had no idea that she was going to be appearing on People's Court. There's so much to talk about this story, and it's very wild and crazy, but I'm going to give you guys all the details as I get them. Absolutely. Now let's get started opening up and closing all of these gaps. Obviously, Dale was the last person to see her. Now can you tell us what happened from that point on? A lot actually took place in that time frame. So... From what I gather, she had arrived at Dale's home 
I believe that she was in her car texting her new boyfriend at the exact moment that Dale had seen her. I feel like he was, I don't know, watching her. I don't feel like it was necessarily from his home, but maybe outside of the vehicle while the kids were bouncing around in the car. And I feel like he was paying attention to her and her movements in that moment. I feel like he had seen her and he made some sort of comment about how she was smiling so big and that he used to make her smile like that, so it must be a man. She shows me that she rolled her eyes and just ignored his nonsense because he always made very inappropriate comments about just about anything, and dealing with him was extremely stressful. Anyways, she gathered the kids out of the vehicle, took them to him. Now, in that moment, from what I can see, he changed his tune pretty quickly. He asked her if she wanted to watch the People's Court episode with him, And she had made some sort of remark on how this isn't something that they would do together because, you know, it wasn't a happy time for them. And she said she was humiliated by this and she never wants to see anything involving it ever. I feel like he didn't like that response at all, actually. He thought that he could maneuver his way back into her heart and he was able to make some sort of, I don't know, fantasy about them watching it together and then making love. What a freak. Because it's so appealing to bond over an episode on People's Court where the judgment ends up being laid upon you, especially since the two of them were against each other the whole time. Now, she shows me the kids were extremely extra bouncy. They were very excited and hyperactive and constantly pulling at mom and dad, and they were just really riled up. She shows me that one of her kids had gotten um, a boo-boo or something along those lines and that they did not want their father to assist them in the caregiving, so she went into his condo with him and helped the kids out. That's because the kids were able to read her energy and how she handles pain. She handles pain well. Well, Dad, I'm sure it's very difficult at showing emotion or assisting his children in that time of need. Absolutely. What she wasn't anticipating, though, is that he was not alone. There was a friend of his at his place, and I keep hearing a name Paul, but I don't know who this is or how this person is involved in any sense of the relationship. I do feel, however, that this guy had met Michelle a few times in the past. I don't necessarily feel like there was some sort of personal connection between them, though, but I feel like he is somebody that I would consider to be a a bad apple. I don't necessarily feel like Michelle felt comfortable around the guy either, It looks as though the guys were starting to drink. They both had beers in their hands and they were watching the People's Court episode a couple of times over and discussing it in great length. Michelle ignored this guy being there and just carried on to the washroom to assist her poor child. While she was doing this, the friend and Dale were both communicating, but she didn't really hear what they were saying. Either way, I see that she had put her stuff down, like her purse and her cell phone, and I feel as though she was distracted with her child. He decided to take it upon himself to go through her phone. Of course he did. So what happened next? I feel like there was enough time that went by that not only was he able to get into her phone and able to see the text messages between her and her new man, Nate, and that, from what I gather, some of the texts were a little bit flirty and even a sexual side to them as well. And that really triggered him. I also see that he showed his buddy, which we'll continue to call Paul for now. And Paul was also completely disturbed and told him that he needed to take care of her and teach her a lesson. They definitely sound like some angry drunks. Michelle shows me that the next thing that happened was completely life-changing, and from what she shows me, he was incredibly angry with her, and he started to tell her off right away in front of the kids, in front of Paul, 
called her whore and a slut and everything under the sun and started to ask questions like if the kids were his. She sent the kids away to do something like, you know, perhaps coloring or something. I'm not entirely sure. But then she told them to go do something and then they didn't really witness anything going on. But like, who the hell is this guy to be drinking on a random day when he's about to be having his kids for the rest of the evening? He felt like the rules did not apply to him, from what I gather. I also believe that there was a plan for the grandparents to spend time with the kids this particular day, even before all this went down. Anyways, I feel like the two of them had started to get into a very heated argument. He then put his hands on her yet again, and I see that he grabbed her wrists, I see that he grabbed her shoulders, I see that he was shaking her, and I feel like he even hit her a few times. He told her she needed to learn that he is the only man that she is supposed to be with, and now that he has to teach her a lesson. I feel like he really beat the crap out of her right there in the living room. She shows me that he kept kicking her in the stomach and he kicked her in the head a few times as well. And I feel like he was punching her too. I feel like his friend was in the background applauding his efforts while laughing. So definitely a coward and his friend is even more of a pig coward. Exactly. I don't think it's the same guy that he killed that other guy with, by the way, but he does like to do the overkill type of thing. Because he was drunk and he didn't anticipate that he was hitting her as hard as he was and beating her, I do feel like he hit her one too many times in the head and sadly, based upon impact, she ended up dying. I feel like he kicked her to wake her up and then she didn't get up and obviously he started to panic and not for any other reason but his own fears of him going to jail or something. I also believe at this point it was approximately 3.55 and I feel like he had no idea what he was going to do next. Well, he just killed the mother of his twins. Of course he doesn't know what to do next. I keep seeing that there may have been a phone call between him and his father for a brief moment. I think he left the conversation very uh, quietly. I don't believe he gave his father too much detail over the phone, but I do see he decided that in the moment to take her purse, her phone, get the kids, and head over to the parents' house. Which would make sense for him because they found her cell phone around the bridge that was leading to his parents' house. So that's obviously where he disposed of the cell phone. Yeah, and Michelle is telling me that the text message that he had sent on her behalf to her brother was a complete accident, almost like a butt dial situation. I feel as though he started to panic when this message autocorrected to the brother, and I feel like he was panicked a lot and eventually the reason he tossed the phone in the water. Now, where was his friend through all of this? Apparently, he was back at the condo keeping an eye on the body. Well, good to know. Anyways, when he got to his parents' house, explained everything and took place, at least that's what I'm gathering because I see that exact moment his father decided he was going to go help him out. He told him to stay at the house and he would take care of everything, including disposing of the vehicle and the cell phone. I even feel like the father told him that he wouldn't tell him anything just so that he couldn't be indicted or, you know, found out on a lie detector test to give these answers. So the father is now in on this and did everything for him. Yes and no. It was the plan anyway, but I don't feel like it went according to plan. If anything, I see that the father was not able to do certain things. I feel like the friend was also able to do a few things for him, but I see that the friend was the one who like drove the Hummer because the father couldn't. It was too big of a vehicle for him potentially. I'm not exactly sure why, but I feel like the friend was the one who disposed of it. I do feel like the father was the one who put the cell phone in the water. 
Now, when it came to the body, I feel like his father was not able to dispose of the body on his own. So I believe he and his father and his friends were the ones who potentially disposed of the body. Now, I feel like they drove on Highway 528. I keep seeing the I-95 sign as well. And, and then I keep seeing this to Seville. I'm unsure if she was placed in the forest location or if she was placed in the water. I personally believe it's water because it's really right on the side of a shoreline and on the side leading to like Bermuda. Now, perhaps maybe they disposed of her in multiple areas. It's probably a potential reason why I'm getting conflicted information. How are you able to give us those details? Because at the time I recorded this episode, we were very close by. In fact, we were probably about three hours away from the location, and it's a lot easier when I'm a lot closer. Now, what is the friend there doing at the time that they were disposing of the body? Now, I do feel like the friend was also involved in assisting I keep seeing that the three of them all had complications disposing of her body, and I feel like they used the friend's car to remove her body, which is another reason they weren't able to find any clues. I also feel like there was a bit of blood in his home, but I also feel like he spent the evening removing and cleaning just about everything in that home and also making it look lived in. His mother may have potentially come over and assisted him as well, but I'm not entirely sure about that one. All right, I want to talk about his ex-wife that died while at a party. Now, Sharon Collins, I know that he couldn't have possibly been the one who killed her since he was in jail, but do we know anything that happened there? Honestly, they separated and she moved to Orlando, Florida, where she ended up beginning working as a personal trainer. She went to a house party and died. Now, some reports suggest that her death was suspicious and pointed to be a blunt force trauma, Obviously, he didn't kill her, but I really feel like somebody sent somebody there to hurt her. Even if it wasn't intentionally to kill her, I feel like he was pissed off and he got someone, one of his friends, to hurt her. I also feel like the parents were very manipulated. And I also feel like Dale's parents were extremely manipulative and would stalk the shit out of her. Was she drugged or something? She could have been drugged as well. She could have had someone hit her over the head. She also did have bad drugs. I don't know. I feel like the family, his mom, his dad, yikes. They all have this very, my son does no wrong in their eyes. And it's pretty crazy. I even feel like they were the ones who were reporting to their son what she was up to. She was just trying to start a new life and be happy. Took that away from her. She never had a bad relationship with the parents. She didn't really understand it. And her brother, I know... Michelle's brother, he blames himself every day. That's pretty sad and devastating. Actually, he did nothing wrong. This man is extremely dangerous and should not be on the loose. Even now, I feel like his kids, I know although they won't have these psychopath tendencies, I feel like there will be something else that he gets himself involved in. I feel like he's done a lot of pretty shady things since, you know, Michelle's passed on, including other women being abused. But I don't know. I feel like he's going to get himself in some trouble for something else, God, I'm hoping, and end up in jail. And again, justice will eventually be served. Will they ever find Michelle's body and will they ever be able to put this case to rest? I really hope so. This particular case, I have put out a location as to where I believe she is. I really hope that I can shed some light on this for whoever is struggling with her passing specifically. She is very spirited. She is one of those girls that do not get controlled because she was a feisty one. She was someone who would stand up for herself and he couldn't handle that. He had to take her out. He couldn't handle the fact that she was with another man. He just 
took it all in a jealous rage out on her. I'm just not sure how his parents can even live with themselves, knowing that he took away his grandkid's mother. They don't talk about it anymore. They used to talk about it in the situation when it first happened, maybe for a year, but they decided that they were going to keep it all private so the kids don't get any sort of suspicion of it. I also feel like they weren't really allowed to talk about Michelle too much in their home either. I feel like they were constantly bad-mouthing her, and I feel like his parents raised the kids more than he did. Which makes sense, because he's a drunk. Will Yvonne and the rest of Michelle's family ever get the opportunity to see the kids again? I know that they're fully grown now, but will they ever get a chance to have a relationship? There's going to be a bit of a shit show. I really feel like he is preparing the kids to not see their grandparents at all. In fact, I feel like there are manipulating tactics to make some sort of statement but I do feel like the kids will eventually get to see their grandmother and also learn more about their mother but I feel like they will be pretty much brainwashed by their father for quite some time until they get to at least I don't know their 30s I hope I'm wrong there they will have their own children and I feel like they will eventually learn the truth one of them may have witnessed something that they have kept inside because it didn't make sense One last question. Why did she keep it from her family? When we were talking about how she does not let anyone control her, that's exactly true. She is extremely independent. She doesn't allow anyone to dictate anything for her, including her family, and she didn't want to worry them. She didn't want to stress them out. She knew that if she told her family, they would not only step in, but take care of business. And that is exactly what she was afraid of. She did not anticipate dying. She did not anticipate anything along those lines. She says to tell everyone that is currently in a domestic situation, it does get worse. It does get worse. It does get worse. Even if you're not with the person, you have to talk. You have to tell somebody something. You may have to leave a little bit of evidence and trails behind, but you need to do something. She tells me that there was a book, might have been a journal, but she did share some intimate details and she hopes that one day she can get justice for this as well, just as much as we all want justice for her. Well, thank you very much for giving us all the details. Next time, guys, we will be doing the West Memphis 3. This one is one that I personally requested for this month, so I hope you guys will enjoy it. We definitely cannot wait to share it with you guys and share what we found out. Until next time, guys, stay freaked out. Stay freaked out.